All right, friends, coming up on this month's podcast, we've got your listener questions. Paul's got a question about CRMs. Uh, Desiree, her boss, is just wanting her to do massive amounts of proposals. Sarah's got a question just about, hey, general attitudes in a post-COVID world. And then we're going to dig deep on the subject this month of customer needs assessments, the good old CNA. Are they dead? Are they overused? Are they needed? Are they not needed? Are we just selling in old school ways? What should we do? I think my answer to that question is going to surprise you. That and so much more coming up straight ahead on this month's podcast. Here we go. Live from the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Ryan Dorn Business Show. Ryan is a 30-year Emmy-winning sales, marketing, and leadership advisor. He has touched over half a billion dollars in revenue and still sells every day. Ryan has been featured in Forbes, USA Today, and has trained over 20,000 professionals in seven countries. Now, here's your coach, your confidant, your fellow business warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right, Deborah, thanks so much for that great introduction. I need to play that for my mom sometime. I think she'd be proud. <laughs> Hope you're having as good a month as you can expect here as we live in a post-COVID world. Man, stuff is starting to shut back down again. Holy cow. So, for me, I guess it's important for us really to focus in in our first segment here on what I'm referring to as the death of the customer needs assessment. Now, you're going to disagree. I know a lot of you start your hate mail coming. Ryan at RyanDorn.com. Just send it over. Especially uh, all of you that are in leadership roles. You're like, no, Ryan, don't talk about not doing a CNA. Friends, we're living in a world where people are limited on cash, limited on funds, clearly limited on patience. And what I'm observing is they're limited uh, also on cognitive ability to see the difference between right and wrong. So how do we expect somebody we're selling to to accurately understand what they actually need versus what they want? Think about this. A customer needs assessment. Very often it focuses in on what they want, not what they need. Think about it. All the questions that you ask, you know, what's your budget? What are your goals? What keeps you up at night? You know, what's the biggest business challenge for you? How can we help you overcome that? That's all focusing on what they want. They want new customers. They want better leads, whatever the circumstances. They want new business. They want to retain business. Want, 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 want. It really should be called the customer wants assessment, right? I mean, here's the problem, friends. Think through this with me. Don't just disagree at face value and shut the podcast off. Be open-minded. I sell every day, just like all of you. I've been selling and marketing for 30 years. I don't stop selling to become a consultant. Well, you know, those that can't become a consultant, those that can't teach, I'm still doing it. I love the sales business. Do you love the sales business? Maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe you need to find your joy again. But this customer wants assessment based upon the questions that we ask it really identifies what somebody wants. But if we don't give them what they need, if we don't guide them towards what they actually need and we just fulfill what they want, then we've just sold them something that they're going to come back to us on six months, a year, maybe a week, who knows, depending on what you sell. You'll say they're not happy. Oh, I didn't get any ROI. Some of them don't even know what that really means, ROI. They didn't get the return on investment that they needed. And a lot of times, oh, there was, again, a need. They didn't get what they needed because we gave them what they wanted. So here's what I'd love for you to consider. Recommendations. Rather than trying to figure out what somebody wants because they know what they want, but maybe not what they need, and because a lot of them are egomaniacs or they're struggling to get back to work or they're just impatient. How many of you feel cranky right now? Do you feel cranky? I feel cranky. 
I'm cranky about the world. I'm cranky about politics. I'm cranky about COVID. I mean, I'm just cranky. So it's difficult to deal with cranky people you're selling to. Then they tell you what they want and you can't convince them what they need. So I'd like to talk to you about recommendations. Were you aware that Nielsen, you know Nielsen, they do TV ratings, audience surveys, things like that. Nielsen reports that recommendations are the most trusted form of information. Recommendations. So what I like to do is I like to coach my customers on on why they need something and, and what they need to buy so they can get themselves to a point where we not only fulfill their wants, but we actually get to the heart of what they needs. Harvard Business Review had a study of 600 top sales professionals. And here's what they found out. Most sales reps rely on a customer to coach them through the sales process. <laughs> now, superstar sales reps that I'm working with, maybe you're one of them, what we do is we coach the customer. We know the questions to ask the customer to get to truly what it is that they need beyond what they want. Most customers are going to struggle to identify an exact need. They might say, as an example, I need more customers. Okay, fine. <laughs> when you say customers, can you be more specific? Tell me more. Give me some detail about that. So what I'm doing to guide them to recommendations is I'm doing a lot of what I like to call comparative selling. Creating comparative conversations helps you draw out ego, helps you draw out emotion, helps you draw out logic. Sometimes in the advertising business where I spend a lot of my time, I'll say things like, who do you feel does a great job of marketing here in our community? I suppose they could always say, well, nobody does. But typically, they'll give you an example of somebody. And then I'll say, okay, do you want to be like them, better than them, less than them? Do you want to be competitive with them? Do you want to dominate them less than them? What, what's the circumstance for you? Because if you ask them what their budget is, they're probably going to give you a number based on their reality, not the reality of marketing in the community where you live. Let's just say that you sell in the software space. When you create a comparative conversation, you're actually comparing the customer that you have on the line to other customers that you've had in the past that are very, very happy. And then I share ethically, of course, I ethically share stories of how my current clients love me, what they love about me, what they love about the software, what they love about the company, what they've loved about the experience. And I begin to compare customers. Now, every now and again, I'll get an egomaniac on the phone that'll say, I, I don't want to be compared to anybody. I'm best in class. Okay, well, okay, you are. You're right. <laughs> you are best in class. So what do these comparative conversations look like so that you can recommend products based on the happiness of other customers because other customers' happiness probably, not always, probably will translate to the happiness of this new customer that you're trying to get. It's pretty easy. It's all about sharing success stories. Now, a lot of you don't like to do this, and the reason you don't is because you feel like you're talking about one customer behind another customer's back. You're not. What you're doing is you're screaming from the mountaintop how happy other customers are with you. And if they're happy, then this new person will probably be happy. And happiness is what we're seeking. Now, you might get real technical. Well, Ryan, I'm not looking for happiness. What I'm looking for is making sure they have the ROI that they demand. Well, when push comes to shove, what most people want to do is what others have done to be successful. Wasn't that long ago, just last weekend, I was talking with a friend of mine. She said, hey, I'm having some great luck losing weight. 
I said, cool. I would love to drop 15 pounds. I think it'd make me happy, make my wife happy, make everybody happy. What are you doing? And she told me about her plan. What did I do? I immediately went home and looked it up online and made a couple of clicks here and clicks there to figure out, hey, how could I get involved in this? Her success story led me to, to making a great buying decision, in my opinion. Simple example, but that example will resonate through everything that you do. See, when you have a linear conversation, a one-way conversation with a client, what you're doing is you're having a one-way conversation with a client. It keeps them inside their own bubble. And it's not until somebody gets out of their bubble, out of their bubble, that they realize, oh, other people out here are happy. They're being successful. I want to be like them. What are they doing? What is their weight loss plan? How did it work for them? What made them happy? And if I can help them be happy, if I can help them be happy like other people, then all of a sudden they start buying what it is that I'm selling. Now, I've had the opportunity uh, to walk through and be a part of almost every sales training program in America, from Carnegie to Sandler. All of them are great programs. Well, I guess you shouldn't say all of them. <laughs> Not all of them are great, but most of them are pretty darn good. But the problem is, is they focus on a one-way conversation where you identify somebody's pain and then you fix that pain. That's great, but you can actually take it to the next level by introducing to them, find out their pain points, but then introduce to them, hey, look, I have helped eliminate pain for other people. It's about proving that you have done something for other people. It's about getting beyond the old-fashioned customer needs assessment to start recommending products, sharing success stories, creating comparative conversations that are ethical, and being really careful about the questions that you ask. Make sure the questions that you ask take you to a better place. Now, you might be saying, okay, well, Ryan, that's all fine and dandy. Andy, what are these questions? Well, what I try not to do is ask the same questions that have been asked for the last 10 or 15 years, because I think you sound like the other salespeople that have showed up, uh, whether it's face-to-face, -face, on Zoom, on the phone, or whatever the circumstance is. Some of the questions that I ask that a lot of folks don't, I don't say things like, what keeps you up at night? I would rather ask a question, something along the lines of, if we could help bring you one perfect customer, what would that customer look like? When you agreed to meet with me, was there a business challenge you were hoping that I could help you solve? Rather than asking what's their budget, as I mentioned before, especially in the ad sales world where I spend uh, a lot of my time in the advertising business, I'll say, if we could help you be bigger, better, and better than your nearest competitor, what would that look like? In the past, what have you done to solve these types of problems? I may use something back from my good old Sandler days where I might say, you know, what is the biggest challenge you're facing right now that you think I could help you solve? How long has that been a challenge or a problem for you? What have you done in the past to fix that problem or remove that problem from the greater equation of your business? Friends, I really want you to think about something like this. Most people want to be led. Most people like recommendations. Most people don't like a linear conversation. They want to know what others are doing and what you have done to help other people. The customer needs assessment isn't dead, but if we don't breathe some new life into it, if we keep doing the same thing we've always done, we're going to get the same result. If you want to do something different, you're going to have to, if you want to see a different result, you're going to have to do something different. And that's why we're advisors. Try to be an advisor and don't be a salesperson. Breathe some new life into your customer needs assessment. 
managers out there, sales directors, sales leaders, look at those questions that are being asked. Make sure that they're updated. Make sure they reflect the current situation that we're in. And in the end, friends, don't forget, if sales was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy or we found a career that'll feed our families for a lifetime. All right, friends, we'll be right back with more here on the podcast. Coming up. The Ryan Dorn Business Show is brought to you in part by Open Look Business Solutions. Need data cleanup, a virtual assistant, graphic design, or telemarketing? Reach out to Mike at open-look.com for information. That's open-look.com. How about a new website? Now more than ever before, having a world-class website is mission critical. Ryan has partnered with Web Publisher Pro to offer his clients top-notch websites that focus on lead generation and revenue. Reach out to David at webpublisherpro.com for more information. That's webpublisherpro.com. Now, back to the show. Here's your coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans. As you know, one of my favorite parts of the program each and every month is when we dial up Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions and dissect your listener questions. And uh, Mike, you know, some of these questions, like I've mentioned before, are coming in like specifically addressed to you. So, you know, I'm going to go on vacation and just let you do the podcast. I think that's what needs to <laughs> I don't think so, Ryan. <laughs> I think that's what, that's, what needs to, that's what needs to happen. Hey, so um, we've got a great question from Paul in Boston, Sarah from San Diego, and Desiree from uh, Toronto. So love to just, uh, you know, rock through these with you, if you don't mind. Let's do it. Thanks, Ryan. So, uh, Paul, oh, by the way, friends, send those questions in ryan at ryandorn.com, D-O-H-R-N, ryan at ryandorn.com. And then we uh, try to send out a T-shirt to folks that send their questions in. And I've, I've heard the T-shirts are amazing. So, All right, Paul from Boston asking, hey, guys, my clients are saying that they're out of money, period. I'm not sure what to say. Please help. And Paul, I think this is going to be, no matter what you sell, whether it's advertising or it's a copier or it's software services or whatever, um, Mike, I feel like we're going to be hearing that people are out of money for, for quite some time, even though the stock market keeps right on, uh, right on rocking. I'm, I'm thinking what the next six months, what do you, what do you, what do you think? Maybe six months, the next year, do you think? What do you, what do you think? I'm thinking it's probably going to be through the end of the year, right? And I think it's going to be an advertiser's crutch is to say, I'm out of money, or I, I don't have any money from advertising, or I'm cutting that budget, or something like that. So I do think it's going to be a common objection that we ad sales reps are going to get, um, or us sales reps are going to get. Uh, but you know, one thing that that I've heard you specifically talk about, Ryan, and I've heard some of the other uh, companies that I work with is um, putting stimulus packages in place for your advertisers. Um, and, and quite frankly, I think it's a brilliant idea. I think it's great. I think it shows that you care, uh, for your advertisers and for the companies that you're working with, um, things like, you know, three ads for the price of two or four ads for the price of three, um, giving them a free ad or, or, uh, bumping up, uh, a half page to a, a full page or something like that. I think that, uh, I think that gives a lot of credibility to you. In your company, uh, working with the companies that are uh, that are buying from you, right? Yeah, whatever it is, whatever it is that you sell, um, and so some of those incentive programs can be dollar for dollar matching, which I mean, technically that's going to be a fifty percent discount. Some of those are just bounce back programs. Let's just say some of you that listen to the podcast uh, sell digital services, you sell software, things like that. It can be uh, like a grant program where we've set aside fifty thousand dollars in grant money. 
I mean, let's be honest, guys. All too often what we do is we're going to give a discount anyway off our services. I know everyone's like, oh, I'd never give a discount. Okay, whatever. Um, we all probably do. And so if you're going to give a discount anyway, maybe package it as some type of incentive uh, program. But going back, Paul, it's possible that you're talking to somebody that is out of money. Like legitimately, they are literally out of money. So some of the things you could do there, maybe you could do deferred payments. Um, you could potentially set up payment plans. Um, and then sometimes what I do is I try to focus on strategic conversations. Okay, so you don't have any money right now for whatever it is that you're trying to sell. And so let's, okay, so let's have some strategic conversations. What's the future look like? When, when do you think that you're going to get back to business? When do you feel like this is going to be you know, happening? And just focus more on strategic conversations. But Mike, I'm wondering, I feel like whatever you sell, sometimes it's, I have no money. It's just a stopper. It's just an excuse. Like they have money, but they right. act like they don't. Do you feel like that's 50% no. of the time? <laughs> yeah, I would probably say more than that. I, I just think it's a common objection, right? I think it's now it's a, an objection that people are leaning on more than they did last year at this right. point. So right. yeah, no, 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 I, I, I do totally agree with you on that. So and, at uh, that, at, at that point, uh, what I'd like to do is I mentioned names of their competitors that are working with us. Um, or I mentioned other bigger companies that are having some great success with us. Um, I try to drive that fear of missing out. And yep. then the other thing is if they're out of money, if depending on the product you sell, maybe there's ways to save them money. So in the advertising space where a lot of you live, most of you live that are listening to this podcast, um, you basically could say, hey, if you're running Google AdWords, I have something that's more cost effective. Or if you're trying to do Facebook on your own, I've got something that's more cost effective or yep. whatever that circumstance is. So look to save them some money would be the thing. Yeah, I think that's that's when you get more into that consultative type sales of, hey, look, okay, I'm not trying to sell you something right now. Let me just help you. Let me tell you what I know. Let me tell you what I'm hearing out on the marketplace from your competitors um, so that I can help you get through this time. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, good question, Paul. Good question, Paul. Yeah, it was good, Paul. All right, uh, Sarah from San Diego. Um, hey, Mike. Hey, Ryan. I'm trying to use my CRM. We get a lot of CRM questions. I'm trying to use my CRM, but I feel like it just takes me more time than it's worth. Should I keep going or should I abandon it? And, keep going. Hey, keep going, Sarah. Um, Go I can honestly say that I know, don't know very many sales professionals, Mike, that are serious, seriously good, that do not use a CRM. I'm going to bet, Sarah, that what you're doing is double tasking yourself. So probably what you're doing is on a sales call, you're taking notes on a piece of paper and then you're translating that back into your CRM. So you feel like you're doing double work now. Now, it might be that you have an awful CRM. <laughs> so if that's the yeah. case, you know, look for a best in class solution. Also, Sarah, don't forget um, on your computer, on your phone, whatever, every CRM has a place for notes. That's where you're going to spend most of your time. Put your cursor there. And then you can dictate into your computer. Like on a Mac, you click function, function. The dictation tool will pop up. On your iPhone, put the cursor there. You can dictate right into your iPhone, right into the notes. And that might save you more time as well. Mike, are, do you know of any sales, like serious sales pros that don't use a CRM? I don't, no. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like if that's your profession, there's just no way that you can keep all of that information in your head or in a notebook. Like you've got to have a serious CRM to be able to help organize yourself, make sure that you're sending out information on time, putting callbacks in, uh, sending emails out, all that kind of stuff. It's got to go through 
a, uh, a good, robust uh, CRM. Yeah. And the other thing is um, your boss probably is mandating that you use it, Sarah. So like, don't, <laughs> don't not use it. You know, I think that's yeah. something important to you. Uh, in, in most CRMs, I mean, there's training that's out there. There's people that you need to ask. Just, I would keep, keep moving forward. Yeah. Cool. All right. Good question, Sarah. Keep rocking forward. All right. Desiree from Toronto. Last listener question here. Um, Hey guys, we are in full lockdown mode still here in Canada. Um, I'm great face to face, but not on the phone or zoom. What am I missing? Hmm. Um, (laughs) for, hmm. So if you're great face to face, you should be great on zoom. I'm wondering if maybe you're not seeing the webcam on the other side, um, or maybe you're just having trouble, you know, kind of kind of leaping, if you will, or bridging that sort of cyberspace gap, you know, that occurs. So one of the things that comes from it is a lot of it is practice too. Are you doing a lot of those zoom meetings? The other thing I do is, are, do you do word tracks? I mean, do you actually have it written out like on a handy dandy piece of paper, like what you're going to say? I mean, do you have it kind of in front of you doing those word tracks sort of don't be, don't sound like you're reading a script, but doing some of those word tracks. And then, you know what? Nobody wants to hear this, Mike in sales. Like, do you role play? I mean, do you practice with other members of your team? And the answer is, most we are the most unpracticed professional group in in a, in the world because everyone's like, oh, I'm great when I'm in front of a client, but I can't right. I can't role play. So maybe it, yeah. it is a little bit of practice. Um, and the other thing is that you might just need to set yourself up for success. Maybe your background looks terrible. Maybe you don't feel comfortable seeing yourself. And part of that is just getting over it. But we do yeah. everything uh, on Zoom and Skype and all that. Mike, what are, what are your thoughts on Desiree's question? You know, I'm going to tell you when all of this started, I struggled a little bit on kind of that, that small talk that you start the conversation with, because, you know, my go-tos are, I'm going to talk sports, uh, or I'm going to talk about a recent event or something and there's no sports. (laughs) And there's, what am I going to talk about? How am I going to get into this conversation with Ryan Dorn when I can't talk about the, uh, the, uh, Chicago bears or the Dallas Cowboys or something like that. So I, I did struggle with that, and I did have to sit down and kind of come up with, okay, what is my new pitch? Like, how how am I going? And I don't, you know, I, and I think everybody doesn't want to start every conversation out with like, well, how's quarantine? How are things going? Um, so, you know, that that was one thing that I had to come up with is, okay, I'm going to write down. Here's my new little elevator pitch. This is my new little introduction or whatever, my little intro, that small talk. Let's get into the conversation, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and so what did you kind of come up with? Cause what I did is I've been doing a little bit of more like, Hey, good news um, out there. I've got some great ideas to share with you. Good news in my neck of the woods here in South Carolina. Um, you know, we're back to back to business. I try to always start out with like some good news, Obviously, stay away from politics. Obviously, I come up with yeah. like just good news. We did go from COVID right to rioting, so it's like it, there's not a lot of good news out there. So I like right. to try to find some good news, which is yeah. Helpful. And I'm in Texas, right? So you know, Texas is, has opened back up. So that's been kind of my big news is hey, you know, here in Texas we're we're open for business. You know, I went to a restaurant last week. So yeah, trying to uh, give you know good information of stuff that you're doing. I've also been making a lot of drinks lately. So oh, been, there you go. I've been talking like, hey, you know, here's my cocktail of the week and here's <laughs> something that I'm doing, you know, to, to get through this time. So. Yeah, that's great. Side note on that. You guys got to go check out Mike's Mixology uh, channel on, on YouTube. It is called, is it called Mike's Mixology, right? 
It's Mike's Mixology. Yep. Yeah, we, uh, we do a drink of the week at home. So yeah, you yeah, guys that's want cool. To yeah, so I'm glad I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to make sure I mentioned that Mike's Mixology YouTube channel. So check it out for all of us in sales. We know that we're we've got our favorite cocktails out there. So be sure to check that out. So good questions from Paul and Sarah and Desiree and friends. Keep your questions coming in. Ryan at Ryan Dorn. Always happy. Uh, Mike and I are always happy to uh, dissect those. So thanks for those uh, good good questions. And uh, yep. Mike, just wanted to give a shout out uh, to your team there at OpenLook. Uh, my virtual assistant is uh, at OpenLook. My social media gets updated through OpenLook. So open-look.com. And uh, reach, out to, uh, uh, reach out to Mike. Some people have been calling you, huh, Mike? People have been calling saying they're people, hearing you on the show. People have been calling me. Uh, one person even said that they blushed when they got me on the phone. Nice. So I thought that was great. But uh, yeah, we're getting a lot of calls from people that are just looking for tasks to get done um, in these you know crazy times when they need workforce or, or projects. So yeah, give me a call if you guys need help with anything. Yeah, sounds good. Open-look.com. All right, Mike Gobert, thanks so much, my man. And uh, we will see you on uh, Listen and Chat with you next month. Sounds great. Thanks, Ryan. All right, friends, that is the podcast for this month. Sure, appreciate you hanging out, checking out uh, the podcast every month. Hey, I just completed my 235th hour of virtual sales training since a COVID hit. And I guess if there's anything good that's come out of uh, COVID-19, uh, that is everybody from your grandma to your mom to your kids. Everybody knows how to use Zoom, so there's no reason not to be selling virtually. So why not train uh, virtually? Having a virtual sales meeting, love to be your speaker uh, at that. So reach out to me, happy to do that. And then also happy to train your team uh, virtually as well. You know, friends, don't ever forget. I mean, if sales and marketing was easy, everybody would be doing it. And there's a lot of people trying, but not a lot of people are being really successful right now. So I'd love to help you be the very best that you can be. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy, <laughs> which is possible, or we found careers that will feed our family for a lifetime. All right, friends, I'm Ryan Dorn. You can learn more about what we do for you and your company over at RyanDorn.com, D-O-H-R-N, RyanDorn.com. And, of course, my email address is just like that as well, Ryan at RyanDorn.com. All right, friends, God bless you all. Be safe out there, and we'll see you on the next show, the next podcast coming up here starting in 15 seconds. 